Welcome to Design Your Life, the podcast where we explore the central role design plays in our everyday lives and how, if harnessed correctly, has the power to positively transform the way that we live, design better businesses and sustainable solutions for the planet. We speak to creative entrepreneurs around the world about how they inspire their ideas to life and how they make it all work and the role design plays in their lives. I'm your host, founder of Frost Collective and author of Design Your Life, Vince Frost. Welcome to today's episode of Design Your Life. Today I catch up with a man who has had a massive impact on me as a young designer. My old boss and longest serving partner at Pentagram London, the legendary British designer, John Rushworth. Tune as we chat about the business of design, his prolific career working on some of the world's most influential brands, and the immense impact he had on me working under him at Pentagram in shaping me into the person I am today. Hey, John, welcome to Design Your Life. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm alive. You're alive. <laughs> we just talked before. We haven't seen each other for a few months. Uh, previously, it was a few years, wasn't it? Um, and you're just saying how incredibly busy you are at the moment, which is a good thing, um, but can be stressful, I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's always good to be busy. It's worse to be not busy, I think, isn't it? I mean, it's yeah. uh, you know, we complain when we're busy, but we complain a lot more if we're not. So, yeah, I think that's true. You taught me so much uh, when I was at Pentagram. We'll talk about that later. So um, uh, you're a legendary designer, the longest serving partner at Pentagram. Um, Probably, yeah. I mean, no one's doing the maths, but I, I mean, it's. Uh, <laughs> I, I do know that I joined in 1989, and of the group today, I'm probably, therefore, the longest serving. Whether uh, whether anybody else was longer than that, I don't think they were, actually, funnily enough. So, yeah. No. And it's this really interesting story because you were, well, we'll, we'll talk more about that, how, how you kind of got into Pentram, et cetera. And, and, and I worked with you for five years um, as a little kid. Five memorable years. <laughs> From a, a junior designer to an associate partner. And uh, and then I left in <laughs> disgrace. No, I didn't leave in disgrace. But um, we, your your guidance and, and, and you, um, what you taught me has really, has, has, I know I've been doing it for 30 years since as well, set me up uh, really, really well. Um, and uh, I really value that and thank you for that. Um, do you remember the first time you were exposed to design? Yeah, well, I do because uh, it was, you know, I, look, I come from a working class kind of part, part of Yorkshire. Um, so there was, I'd never heard the word graphic design or even perhaps even design, um, you know, back in the kind of uh, 70s, I suppose, when I first came across it. Because the, the, you know, classic, um, you know, art lesson at school. And they uh, there was a there was a teacher coming in for teacher training who'd been do, who'd been to Bath College of Art mm -hmm. and had learnt graphic design at Bath College of Art. So he set a project which was to do the album cover, right? So do an album cover. I didn't even listen to music, so never mind. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't really massive influence on me in that sense. But he talked about graphic design, and so you know we had to do hand lettering on the you know to the name of the al or the name of the the group or the album or whatever it was yeah. that we did and he said wow you can you can really do this and you should think about going to art college uh and that and so that it was a sort of throwaway comment right and it wasn't i didn't take it seriously but if i'm honest you know um i, I was at a pretty bad school um uh and there wasn't a lot else that was sort of turning my head so um 
come come that age when you know I, I did manage to get a couple of a levels and all that kind of stuff but come that age when you had to decide to do what to do next it was okay well let's let's see what that was about and i went to a, you know applied for a foundation course not far from where i was living and yeah that's how it began wow and you got in and I got in. Yeah, it was. Uh, yes, I think they probably took anybody at that point. Actually, if I'm honest. So when you do that that um, album cover, was that at high school? That was high school. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was 15 or 16. Wow. Like that. Yeah. So that that just changed. That moment changed your world. I, it has to have done. There was no other reason for me to have even thought about it because I mean, you know, no, nothing. No other reason. Were your parents creative? Not at all. Absolutely zero. Okay. Uh, there was a there was an uncle in the distance somewhere <laughs> who had run a art college in Southport, um, but but you know I met him once in my life. I think that was the one thing my dad tried to help me with. He said, "Oh, there's Uncle Peter. He'll tell you about you know <laughs> art college." And so we bumped into him once, but oh, no, wow. not really. So first of all, I went to Hull, which is uh, which was the foundation course, and mm. then. Uh, funnily enough, I, I think that I then went to a town on the other side of the country called Preston yeah. that still had a proper uh, art school. Um, so, it, uh, and um, and and to get and weirdly, I, I was going with. I had to take a friend's portfolio as well as mine um, because he was ill, and uh, it's a guy called Ian Clark. I mean, if, I don't know if he's still around or not. Presumably is. Anyway, so he could really draw that guy. I mean, he was, you know, he was really, he was a really good uh, illustrator, and c kind of that's what they were making the judgment on. I think a lot of the time at that age, you know, and in that period, yeah. is whether you could, you'd be a good draftsman. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, so, um, I, so I took two portfolios. I didn't, I didn't try to, uh, on, didn't try to, uh, you know, pull any wool over anybody's eyes. But basically, they took us both on. And my suspicion is I got in because of him, actually. It's, it's weird how these things I thought are. you were going to say you used his portfolio to get in. No, no. I just had to submit both at one time. Oh. That was that. But, you know, I, he was much better than I was at illustration. So what was that like? Was that a three-year course? Four-year course. It was oh. called a sandwich course, which is not a very sexy name, is it? But, no. um, and so you did, um, you did two years... Uh, I nearly got thrown out at the end of the first year because it was my first time away from home, so to speak. Yeah. So one drank too much and chased too many girls. <laughs> uh, and um, uh, and then uh, and so they gave me a talking to, and then this amazing guy turned up in year two, um, and he was called Alan Livingston, and Alan Livingston, in a sense, rewrote how to run a design course. So he was. He eventually was seen as probably the, um, the you know the person that you know he used to advise government, arts council on wow. edu art education and so on. So I was fortunate enough to bump into him at, uh, in the second year, and mm -hmm. he took the first class that we had in the second year, and he set this project, and he, and he picked up my piece of work that I'd done. It was only a day's class or something. He picked mm. up the piece of work that I'd done. And he said, now this is graphic design. And I sort of looked behind me to see who he was talking about. Oh. Right? And it was, and he said, no, it's you. you this is the right thing. You've wow. got, you've done the right thing in my opinion. Right. right. So, so that's the first encouragement I got. Forget the guy at Bath College of Art and all that. And but that was the first encouragement I got. Yeah. And he really then took it upon himself almost uh, to 
in a sense, educate me in what design was. Mm. So he he brought me books. He you know he took he showed me uh, in the in the in the library of the of the college. It had a a good poster collection. So he used to tell me about where they were, what they were from, what period, who the artists yeah. were, all this kind of stuff. So uh, and 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 so he started a new uh, a new era. Let's say in uh, in design education and i was fortunate enough to be the first year he was only 30 at the time this guy wow, younger. and he brought in a young guy called ben casey who now runs yeah. the chase right yeah. so ben was about 26 27 wow. at the time you know it was a really young there were some young teachers that came in and then you had the old guard obviously that because it was that. So anyway so i was i was so lucky wow and then and then what did you after that so year three i went to work in London, because you did a year, you did a year or seven months out in in industry, so mm -hmm. to speak. Uh, and I went to a place called Michael Peters, who oh, ran wow. a very good uh, packaging company. Yeah, uh, did all Winsor and Newton inks and Joseph perfume and yeah. you know lots and lots of good stuff. Uh, at the time, it was like one of the leading companies. And uh, funnily enough, it's just round the corner from where Pentagram is today. Yeah. And so that area I've worked in virtually all my life, actually, in wow. within about a hundred, you know, hundred square meters uh, area. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and then went back to college, you know, got got you awarded. I got a, a first, and uh, not that that means much, I don't think. And then got a job at Conroy. Well, that that easy was it? Well, they came to the college, you know, to oh, the end of year show. So the end of year show, and so they offered me a job at the end of the year. So wow. it was it was relatively straightforward. And how long were you there for? Uh, I was there for six months. I didn't like it. And were you working under Terence? Uh, he was there and around and about, but there was uh, the guy who ran the graphics uh, part of uh, Codran Design was a guy called Stafford Cliff who was brilliant and he has done a number of really good books mainly about interiors i would say than graphic yeah. design but he was a graphic designer uh and uh, terence was around stephen bailey who you know they yeah. started the design museum that was wow. all happening then yeah. uh, you know habitat was in its uh, you know it, in its heyday uh, they just start they just started next they named next things like that were happening that yeah. all seemed to be you know great but I didn't like the way they went about design. So even at that age, I had an opinion about it. And um, and there was a job going at Pentagram. I had some friends at Pentagram uh, who'd got a job there. And there was a job going for Fletcher to work with Alan Fletcher. So ah. I applied. I didn't know you worked for Alan Fletcher. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Okay. I went for an interview and he said, um, he said, he, he, Alan was pretty grumpy and gruff. Yeah, and I uh, that. he said, "So, um, what do you know about Polyphilus? Polyphilus is the name of a typeface, seventeenth-century Venetian typeface." Oh, Jesus! I said, "I don't, I don't. Is it a sexual disease or some, <laughs> some flip comment like that?" Yeah, I bet you like that. And he, he said, he, he sort of, you know, gave me about three more minutes, and then muttered, "You're not for me." Um, he said, I'm looking for a typographer, but he said, I know a guy who like you. And he, he said, uh, John McConnell's upstairs. Let me let me bring him down. And so I met McConnell that day and he offered me a job at Pentagram. Was that was that in the same building as well? So, uh, that was no at the other building in uh, North Wharf Road. So the 
wow. let's say the original pentagram building i mean pentagram or fletcher forbes guild was at a, a previous iron gate wharf but i started work at uh yeah north wharf road uh in i don't know 82 yeah wow that's when i came back from canada so you're you were you've been you've been there 33 years 33 years as and, a and partner, as a partner. Oh, as a partner, yeah. So I joined in 1982, uh, just before the 10th birthday party. Wow, that was so early on. That was early on. So the 10th, you know, the Pentagram was, you always had a summer party, which was the birthday party. And it was always a kind of an event and, you know, there was a gift designed and all that kind of stuff. And so I remember it because I got the, I got the, I got the 10th birthday gift and went to that party. So yeah, that was so I've been there forty odd years, if the truth be known. Yeah, wow. And how did you? Uh, how long did you work with John then, and what did you do with him? Well, he, he's equally uh, quite a gruff guy. <laughs> could be. He could be, but no, no I think no, I, I really clicked, or he really, uh, we clicked, I suppose. I mean, obviously, I was learning from him. He was my mentor for sure uh, at that point. So you know, if I take uh, Alan Livingston as one person that had a big influence, then McConnell's the other one. That had a big influence, and you know, he—it's the way he thought about design, um, you know—that was that was a revelation to me because um, he he said, you know, every decision you make can be can be can be uh, is a subject is 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 an objective decision, not a subjective decision. If you bother to think about it, mm. right? So, so he was all about objectivity. He said the power of objectivity, or the reason why it's good, is you can tell people that are non-designers, i.e., your clients, why you're doing, why you're recommending something uh, that you're recommending. So, uh, and then when you saw him do it to work with really big companies, large companies, and uh, and and a apply that philosophy. I mean, it was very powerful, mm. um, and uh, and he, so basically, he taught me how to think. Yeah. Well, and that and that's something that I learned from you. Um, but he learned it from Colin Forbes, probably. So you yeah. know, in a sense, that's the yeah the journey. We learned to think. I mean, I, I kind of always thought it was about the big idea, you know, like an idea that it comes from the project. Can you can you talk about that? Like, because you're a huge uh, ideas guy. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I remember Alan saying, you know, ideas actually can be many, many things. They, they are, you know, you could, you could, you know, color blue could be an idea, basically, depending on what it's for. So mm. color can be an idea. It doesn't yeah. have to be a, you know, a, a cliche or anything like that. Um, yeah. So um, I think I, I definitely an idea tends to you put you it's you're pulling it out of a project, I think, mm. and then applying to some degree lateral thinking as well as linear thinking to yeah. get to where you want to get to. Um, uh, I mean, today, you know, you, I, I, what I think about is reputation all the time, because if you think if, you know, how is communication received? First of all, the organization that's delivering a message, you have to think about what their reputation is like, you know, because reputation is wrapped up in trust and, narrative and all of those things mm. so that's that we spend a lot of time uh you know analyzing or thinking about reputation uh, of the clients we work for and then we think about what therefore do you have natu the natural permission to say and how mm. to say it 
So it shouldn't feel like it's, um, you know, coming from uh, an inappropriate, you know, it's, it's not believable. Yeah, in imposed any on them. It has to be, has to be something that naturally, yeah. naturally can come, come from that organization. So you're five years working with John. Yeah. And then you were made an associate partner. Uh, yes. And the first time you're the first associate that they ever made, right? Apparently, yeah. So why I mean, was that? Was, Who decided that? That was uh, it. Was an experiment because um, <laughs> yeah, you were <laughs> so an experiment. Was an experiment. Well, it was successful that one. <laughs> I, I sort of wonder whether there, there might have been other people that call were called associates or called different names. Because, you know, people like, I don't know if you know, the, the original art director of Swatch Watches, Jean Robert, he worked at Pentagram in London right. and never was a partner per se, but, you know, he would have been quite um, senior. senior. So I don't know whether it, the name really matters, but, the you know, in a sense, the objective was, uh, I think, through Colin and John talking, they were struggling to find people to come from the outside um, that would fit the bill of somebody that, you know, a, a designer that wanted to, uh, uh, well, that, that was good enough creatively, but also was ambitious enough to run a business mm. and be proactive in the yeah. business. So that that combination was, was difficult to find, um, apparently. Yeah. Uh, and it still is today in many mm. ways. So I understand it. And, and so they said, well, why not? Why do we let people go? Why don't we keep them there yeah. uh, and, and at least offer and you know, see whether that works? So that was the experiment. Yeah, because I remember in my contract and other people's contract, there was a three-year limit yeah. to the amount of time you could be there. That's right. Um, people obviously stayed longer. Yes. Um, I stayed five, well, five years and became associate partner. Yeah. But um, what was that like being the first or, or being perceived as the first? Because did they, yeah. did John set you up for success with that? I mean, he in a way he did. I mean, it would, but you know, the, so he, you know, I, I, the the Polaroid project that you worked on, you know, was was sort of handed to me on a plate. I have to say, and then mm. so financially, if that's one element that was, um, you know, I was that that's one element of, you know, entering that role in a successful way. Then yes, that he did. But of course, what you can't do in any you know he couldn't do and uh, i certainly wasn't prepared for was my my own sensation of was i good enough for that position it, it, it was more that um it was more when i then was promoted to be a partner that became even more difficult to handle for a while mm. because basically i was you know there was the next person was 17 or 18 years older than me yeah. around the table yeah. and i didn't have my contemporaries there yeah and so it was a very strange let's say upbringing um in that sense so i didn't i didn't feel up to the task if i'm honest and you know would i have done it differently probably yeah i probably should have left done it done you know done my time you know on my own and then you know whatever happens happens but i think it's really interesting because uh obviously i i left i mean it was, it was a different situation but um i think you must have just become a partner when i started there i think i think, I, I, think I started in 89 around so yeah time. probably yes probably yeah, yeah. and um Funny enough, I don't seem to remember 
your at that time I'm not wasn't too sure about your you know your previous how you became an associate and then a partner um I was too petrified <laughs> <laughs> it was a quite intimidating intimidating place early on yeah. um with all these incredible talent that was in the building yeah um and it was absolutely inspiring and i think that what i realized was that being being growing up inside the business inside pentagram um people people cannot know that you exist in a way I, I felt like when i became associate partner people didn't know i was like my task was to get 25 <laughs> grand a month i think it was yeah and i was like minus 25 grand in the first month i think it was 12 yeah, yeah. it was less but it was it yeah. was a lot at the yeah. time yeah and then you go hang on a minute there's no way in hell i'm gonna Do make that. this work so that's why i eventually left because yeah, yeah. i had to go make a name for myself with the view that i'll come back uh in that case but it's really cool i, I think that something to be said with that the staying power that you've got you know you you've you've kind of grown up in that whole area as you said before with um michael peters being nearby and yeah, yeah. and all that and um you know that shows real stability Dedication. stubbornness <laughs> or tenacity no, or those kind yeah, of yeah, stoicism yeah, exactly. people I, I, say I people use the stoic word around you know yeah so, so around, which you know you I, should be very proud of that because so many people jump to I'm this fine. and jump to that yeah, yeah no i'm fine with it looking back in a way but you you know your question was would you do it differently i think it was your question anyway yeah um and i think you know the, uh, why go through you know in a sense five or eight years of pain you know, you could have one could have done it differently, but you can always do things differently, can't you? But it's um, but that it was painful for a while. Yeah, you've had a lot of people come through the business because you you know, like any business, you rely on people assisting you uh, from juniors uh, through to seniors, etc. Uh, I know that uh, John Powner um, brought me in. I think one weekend uh, to work on something felt like twenty four seven. At the time, but I was excited. It was like I walked in and going, "Oh my god, this is not a little crappy little design studio. This is actually a design mm. temple." <laughs> it felt incredible, um, and I felt really like I, you know, you felt like you're kind of in the right place, and the integrity and the and the the quality of the thinking just like wow, it's another level. Um, what was I like to uh, as an employee? Well, I mean, the, you, uh, you were great because you, uh, I mean, I'm not just saying that, but you, no, you, you, you are a, yeah, no, you're, you're, you're proactive. You know, you can't, you, you can't pin you down and say, you know, get back in your box fence. It's, um, you know, the, you, you, you do that bit and don't worry about the other bit. We've got somebody else taking, you were proactive. You, you sort of grasp, grab hold of the opportunity and you could you know and you made it yours right so that that attitude is what you're looking i'm always looking for all the time people that take responsibility you know that you can have a conversation with and they'll push it forward you'll push it forward everyone's trying to go the same direction and uh, and it but it takes you know it takes a particular personality i think to do that so you, i mean you are ambitious for sure so and and it's good ambition uh you know uh, there's many people that say without ambition you go nowhere right so mm. 
um, uh, and um, you, you know you were really talented as a as a designer. You were you were what I you know I think I've said you were. I mean, McConnell used to call it a jobbing graphic designer. He wasn't talking about you. He was talking about a general role of a graphic designer. But and what all the things that they can do, the skill sets that they need. But you had those qualities. You could take on virtually any project and turn your hand to it, right? So and that your mind to it. So I think, it, but it was really the ambition and the fact that you were proactive that was, um, you know, that was what separated you from the rest. And you were, you were incredibly ambitious and took on a hell of a lot of opportunities because I guess you were trying to prove yourself at that point. Well, exactly, yeah. Given what I've just said, you know, I didn't want to uh, fail, right? So even yeah. if it was, even if I was struggling with it, I didn't want to fail. Um, so yeah, so you 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 keep you work all the hours that they were which we used to do all the time yeah. oh, i think that hours. i think that reputation still um resonates in the world i mean i, I employed a, a young guy recently who said uh, you don't you don't still work all night do you and things like that he said i don't i don't want to do that <laughs> and i said don't worry it's, uh, <laughs> we've changed our attitude i don't personally but my, my <laughs> yeah, assistants do, do. <laughs> yeah <laughs> well so has that changed Yes, because I, I remember yeah. literally there, were, there was one project. I can't remember what it was, but we were there. I think four nights in a row, probably like, just yeah. sleeping yeah. on on yeah. the floor or whatever. But at the time, it wasn't like it didn't feel like slave labor. <laughs> it felt like it was <laughs> so immersed was. in the project and yeah. so excited about it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was it was incredible. I remember working on. You mentioned Polaroid before, which is an incredible account that you had. Um, we were working on. Uh, the magazine for them, uh, Polaroid magazine, which was P magazine, um, and you did a genius logo for that with a peeled back. It was at the time that kind of peeled back Polaroids, and you turned it back and it became a P. It was beautiful. But I remember I had the task of laying the whole thing out in five languages on CS10 board before computers. Totally, yeah. And that was a bloody big job, but a real eye opener to the world of photography. And, um, yeah, which you loved, I and, loved that. and and I mean, you're you know you brought in you know the people that you because you went out and did your, you know, did your networking or research or whatever you want to call it, and you know you brought in the Douglas brothers yeah. that you know had a big influence in a way, and uh, yeah. and that was all your energy that did that. That's sort of that's sort of what I'm talking about. That's the po that's the point of difference. Yeah, you didn't, uh, you you, you didn't just. Um, you weren't passive, quite the opposite. In fact, you know, you're almost you almost too too proactive in a way, but but not. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, your, they were your projects. You were leading them, and I wanted to do the best possible to support you. And it was that. brilliant. And it was exciting. Yeah. So, um, it's really interesting that time, wasn't it? it? Was before the computers, and there yeah. we're in. We're now earlier talking about AI and what impacts yeah. they're going to have on us. But how did you feel that about that when that kind of computers came in i remember we had one little, <laughs> little green one a classic i think and yeah. people were like looking at it going oh my god there's a robot in the corner there yeah it took a while to kind of embrace it that did. i mean you know one is you know, I, I we would listen i would listen to you know some of the partners that, that were you know in a sense 20 years older than me or 15 years or whatever they were and you know you'd you'd their skepticism was was obviously um you know, part of the part of um, how one began to think about it, but 
Um, and it wasn't skepticism about it as a tool, you know, all those sort of all those sort of sentiments that people still go on about. But it's um, it was more, you know, their desire to, to for the for the you know the mind and the hand to 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 be in charge, if you like, that you don't rely on the tool to mm. lead the lead the uh, creative process, right? So it was it was more that, and so in in general, I think that's probably still on the whole, you know, is, is good advice and so on. But um, do you remember uh, there was a computer area? <laughs> I do exactly. I do. That was so funny. In hindsight, you go like, yeah. now everyone's got one, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, I've yeah. got one on my watch or a phone. Yeah. Um, yeah there was a. Um, it's 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 changed massively. How has that changed the way you work? Uh, well, I mean, as you know, the I mean, the, I, I don't know each each person, each partner at Pentagram works works slightly differently or very differently. Um, it didn't overly change the way I worked a lot because you you know what you're doing is what you're doing as a partner is running a little business, yeah. and so you you know you've got three or four designers in my case that I would have in my team and then you'd spend your time working with the designer or sitting with the, the designer and then going to meetings sitting with a client you know winning new business whatever it was so whether whether the computer was in front of the designer or in the t in, in the in a space on the other side of the studio it didn't really matter that much um it speeded things up that was mm. you know that's an obvious thing to say but mm. that's what it did you know, one thing I say to people, and it's not derogatory by any means, but you taught me everything about design. What I don't think I was exposed to was the business of design. No. Because that was you. You were, you know, you didn't talk to me about, like, the business of design. You talked about the design and the projects and the ideas. Yeah. Because you were going from meeting to meeting and winning yeah. work and converting work and presenting the work, ultimately. How long did it take you to learn about the business of design? Well, that was McConnell. You know, I mean, I had a. I mean, not only. I mean, it's it's part it's part of the answer about, you know, objectivity and so on because that's all about uh, building a relationship with the client so that they can understand what you're doing and why. And the um, value of it. Yeah. And and that that gives you a degree of power because they then trust you. Yeah. Because you're explaining it to them. Um, and and so you know watching that happen and then you know learning and learning my own way of doing it and adding to that has been kind of a lot of fun I would say so it's quite it's probably today you know as interesting as actually doing the craft yeah and continues to make it you know continues to be interesting yeah um, I mean it works for most clients not all some clients just want you to be the you know the, the magician that pulls the rabbit out of the hat they yeah. don't really want to know why but for most they you know they want a bit of um, understanding and of all the projects you've done over the years probably thousands of them is any any one project stands out as your favorite uh i mean i've done a lot of projects in uh hospitality um which um uh, the the i mean I, i'm working again with a uh, brand called one and only mm. and um uh, along with a few other people, we st we started the one and only project uh, creatively, uh, strategically back in two thousand, and you know our approach to it, you know, changed the way in which I think 
hosp the hospitality world communicated and everybody kind of followed it to some degree and we're now back working with one and only and we're doing it again so i suppose one way of answering it is when you when you do affect when you affect a, a sector that that's sort of telling you 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 had a big impact yeah right so that has one reality in terms of feeling satisfied about something um and uh i think then you know that th then there are lots of other projects which i'm happy enough about or enjoyed you know world chess was good great western railway was was interesting things like that mm. how does work come to you now is it just this is it as it is it word I mean, of mouth a lot of it is word of mouth i mean it, it, it's either people that you've worked with before um i mean you know we're doing um, the one and the original one and only team we're doing a huge project with them in the middle east at the moment uh, and then the new one and only team also came to us you know because we'd done the original one and only work so if you do something if you do something you know with a lot of commitment and 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 you 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 know you push as hard as you can then you know often that pays you back sooner or later one way or another um we, I mean, it was an amazing story that um, there was. So uh, I don't know if you've heard of CNA, the fashion, the clothing brand, oh, yeah, right? Yeah. So it was. It's a European clothing brand. It comes out of, uh, you know, out of Holland and Germany and so on. And I mean, it, it it was a bit cheesy and all that kind of stuff. They had these sort of sub brands, and um, we were up for actually telling them how to how to you know how to change this and. Um, there was a, a a Swiss guy that was on the client side, and he he sort of remember, remembers me telling you know they didn't they in the end we gave them advice they didn't follow it and uh, they wanted to but they still wanted us to work on the projects and the and the guy remembers me saying no sorry I can't I can't do that um, you know you I don't agree with what you're doing mm. so therefore that's the end of this that's the end of the journey yeah thirty years later. He came back for that reason. Wow! That I told the truth in a yeah, way. Yeah, that yeah. I said I'm not. You know, I have those values in a way. Now maybe that takes the Swiss to do that. I don't know. But the, it was, and so they came back with a project, and you know, it's been quite a special project in the last few years. I mean, so many people would have just done it for the money. Done it for the money, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. But you have those principles that you don't. Uh, yeah. Budge on. I think so. Yeah. At least certainly about certain things, anyway. Every time I come to London, um, which was, I think, every other year, now it's more and more frequently, but I would knock on the door, say, hey, John, I'm here. Um, it's always nice to see you, and I, I'm not sure if you're like, oh, God, no, I'm busy, I've got to squeeze it in. No, no, uh, no. We have a nice lunch or meal together, which is always yeah. wonderful. Coming into Pentagram, going into the, into the studios, it's like it has not changed at all in 30 years, and um, physically, but... What's it like? Because obviously now there's um, 24 partners around the world. There's and 36 associates. So you were That's the first. Yeah. Uh, and now there's 36 yeah. kind of yeah. chasing your heels. Yeah. Um, what does that What does that feel like? Is it is, is it far more for far much more variety in the organization in terms of design approaches? Yeah, yeah, I think there must be because um, e even if you you know take take the generational gap between you know you've got Paula who's in her seventies at the top end, and then you've got you know partners that are in their thir late thirties, mid thirties, yeah, or or even younger. Some of the new ones that have started recently, 
and so yes they're obviously everyone's influenced by different things and you know um because of their where they are in their life and so on so the breadth is 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 good but the um and and i think i i remember saying to paula the other a couple of years ago that it seems to me that more and more now uh, the 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 personality of every pentagram partner is coming out through their work mm-hmm. it, that that it's it's a, that that you know is much more obvious than than i think it used to be yeah. where there was a pentagram perhaps style at one yeah. point yeah, yeah. certainly there's a style in new york and there might be a style in london but yeah. today i think it's much more individual yeah it's interesting and also just wondering how many of those 36 will eventually become partners because i think what as pentagram as an organization that that previously i guess built its reputation attracting partners um who already had a reputation other people like peter savile yeah. david pocknell other people like that i can't think of anybody else but there's a whole bunch of them and not yeah. all of them succeeded i mean it's 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 just because you become a partner doesn't mean you're guaranteed for either no. for the rest of your career no no definitely not no and um no it's it says a lot for the about the organization i mean in terms of the you know the standards and the kpis associated with what you've got to achieve there yeah i mean there are two questions there one is the you know the associate the the associate system now is different it's it's more of a because of the amount of interaction that you need with um with clients um you know some people and we don't do the three-year thing anymore because that you legally can't do that anymore back in oh, the really? back in your day vince you could say three years and it was done for positive reasons you know so I, that's another story then but uh, <laughs> the uh but the, reduce the competition for the partners, <laughs> reduce the, <perhaps>. exactly well <laughs> yeah, yeah um so you so to, but today you know people stay longer and you know you need because of the speed of the work or the scale of the projects you need help yeah one needs help and so giving a person a status i think is is important it's sort of mirroring more the architectural world perhaps so the associate no longer means separate your separate because what happened with me what happened with you is you separate your team out yeah uh, and you, as you say, you've got a target to hit. And all Push that the duckling out exactly. of the nest. <laughs> exactly, that that doesn't happen <laughs> in anymore. front of a train. No, no that uh, doesn't happen anymore. Well, that's good. Yeah, it's completely changed. Do you remember how was that? <laughs> um, Eustace Oller, who's still there as a partner. Um, him and I would have many weekends there, walking around. He was playing the guitar all the time, uh, working, you know, all the time, talking about stuff. And we we agreed at one point to leave resign because it because of, both of us weren't succeeding as associate partners that at that time i remember going to tell you on the monday morning and he didn't and he's still he's still there <laughs> bastard <laughs> but um it was actually it was a good thing to do i mean i i think it was a good thing to do for me because it um well you don't know i mean you don't know do you if you i stay there it might have been no great probably would have been great as but it well. certainly wasn't a bad thing for no, you to do it wasn't i mean given thing. given what i've said about you being ambitious and pro- all that kind of stuff i mean it suited you to have your own thing and get on with it where, where do you see the world of design and branding heading uh, at the moment because it has again changed everything i mean we've been through that phase of how everything's become digital um or digital first um, yeah maybe something that maybe you want to expand on that because obviously it's not necessarily yeah, yeah, you probably don't approach brand in that way. 
uh, I mean, it's, it's really hard to predict, isn't it, the future? And you can sort of look at the, you know, you can look at the kind of, um, you know, what's happening in technology and AI we've mentioned already. And, you know, who knows in many ways. I mean, one of the big factors, though, was, um, you know, if you remember, it used to be called corporate identity or visual mm. identity, right? And, um, and in a sense, the designer was in their box at that point to some degree, yeah. you know. Um, you were the person that picked the typefaces or the images and the colours and, you know, it was that. And then the brand word came out, you know, and that really gave uh, those that those that were wanting to, 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 to be more, I don't know, um, ambitious or cerebral or, you know, to use their, to use their, that particular part of their brain, you could begin to get much more influence at that point. And it, so the brand word, I think, changed the game mm. and that idea because um, now you could, and, and, you know, virtually every business, every institution, organization wants to know about brand. Mm. They don't necessarily want to know about typefaces or anything like that, but they yeah. want to know about brand because brand is reputation. So, and everybody cares about reputation. Yeah. So I think that, I can't see that changing. I'm not sure they can write an, e, an, an, an AI uh, uh, code for that, um, algorithm for that. So, um, but maybe they can. Yeah, maybe they can. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure that's been, it's possible. Um, but I think in terms of, um, going back to ideas and one thing that you really you know taught me was around looking for the clue in the brief and looking for the idea that came from the brief yeah as opposed to it you know adding something to it um because a lot, i think a lot of time was about reduce reduction wasn't it like reducing yeah uh, all the mess the uh, complexity around things and, and coming up with a one kind of single-minded idea that's something that's, i think is still valuable and strong yeah. today and uh, as uh, and beneficial um what do you think about it's interesting if i looked at um, a lot of the brands have kind of reduced their their marks to just a simple kind of capital black font like burberry for example i know peter Savile did that and he kind of took away the night and he took away all the, the well, it's all back now though. it's all came back that's yeah all, that's what yeah. i'm gonna it's say all back. which is really cool i think it's much better it, yeah. but it, it, yeah. it went like reduced yeah. and then like it seemed like maybe six months later it all came back but in a more contemporary way totally yeah and it was not locked together it was more free and yeah, uh, yeah, and, yeah. and even you know a lot of designers i know in sydney and just general public friends they're going wow that is cool yeah and that's funny because those brands st took year they're, they're over time that it was all about detail yeah. more and more detail to create a unique mark something ownable something distinctive yeah and now we went through that phase of reduction to the point where there was nothing unique about it apart from the reputation of the organization. Absolutely, yeah. No, I mean, I, uh, I don't know, there's a thing called, uh, called um, is it Cold Drops Yard in, in King's Cross? Right, yeah. Right, so Tom Dixon. there was a point where I used to walk, I used to walk, occasionally would walk <laughs> through that. Yeah. And and you, you, you looked at all the kind of retail and the, and everything was just done in, you know, a simple typeface, capital letters or lowercase yeah very little per zero personality is really what i'm yeah. saying i mean in terms of contrast from one to another and you wondered what the hell was going on it was a moment when you know in a sense personality had been re 
removed. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the thing about human beings is that, you know, whilst we all enter, we, we can, you know, we can all have the idea to be a, I don't know, an optician or something. We all have a different approach, a different, or what I call a positive prejudice for how we're going to be an optician. Yeah. And that, and that's the thing you're trying to highlight or emphasize or exaggerate when you do a brand, right? Yeah. Is what is my, my prejudice based on my story? Yeah, nice. And that had gone. Yeah. That had gone for a moment anyway, not for long. So was that designers? I guess designers were leading that decision. Yeah, it's a style thing. It's a style thing. It's a style thing for a while. But then, do you think it's come back? The, the details come back? Yeah. I think but so. then I kind of think, well... It couldn't we, last very long. Are we ever time where the craft is gone to make that detail? Or, I mean, what's interesting was you could just see that all the reduction to very simple kind of black fonts to then... Um, funky fonts coming in, and, I, and, I, and I'm like, you know, very um, organic kind of flowery type fonts were were, were coming in. Yeah. That, um, I wasn't sure whether those were if they were good or not. There was, there was a period I was going, oh my god, there's a lot of them. I, I find them hard to dis distinguish between them. Um, I think the craft is definitely is still there because it's again it's another human trait that you can't remove. I don't think it's you know. I think it's just personal expression, isn't it? At the end of the day, yeah. and I see some people, you know, uh, th with the ability to draw really beautiful typefaces, um, and you know, because you know the 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 technology is there to be able to make those things, um, you know, useful nowadays. You can you can explore that whole thing. Um, and you see a lot of craft coming through personal craft coming through that that um, particular ingredient you know typography and so on um, and so no I think it, I think it's all will always be there because it's personal expression in the end and skill and you know ability mm. and and you know I don't know having a natural ability to have the aesthetic judgment is one of the things you know go right full circle to the beginning of the conversation to go to art school i mean i could draw um uh, i i you know you could you therefore you could make judgment about proportion and color and a bit better than other people that were your contemporaries mm -hmm. at high school right mm -hmm. um because that was your innate kind of strength i suppose um so um i think those things are always going to be there You've got per personal expression is not a, is sort of not a choice if you've got it in you. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's kind of obviously clients want something ownable too. I mean, there's a it's really hard. I th I find today, and I've talked about it with a few guy a few guys back in the studio this around, you know, ensuring that your ideas are original in a world that is like there was a time when I'd you know be at Pentagram and and the bookshelves that would be the inspiration looking through books and as well as obviously from the project itself but looking through books that somebody had published they curated they edited they chosen what is good and not and you know put it in there um now on the phone you're bombarded with stuff 24 7 from all over the world and it, you, you don't even know where it's from anymore whether it's real or fake um there's kind of a global design look as yeah. well there's trends that are going through the whole world yeah um how do you ensure that, that that what you're thinking of or what you propose is original and ownable? 
it's a, it's a minefield to a degree um and you know you you can see that it's a minefield because and clients must have been burnt by it because you know it's, you get you you get attempts in contracts for them to um to have clauses in about about that kind of thing right mm. which we always remove because it's it's impossible to know that what you've done what you're doing you know is original enough i mean you know i'm is anything original anymore is what people say isn't it I don't yeah know. but um is it original enough um is it just impossible i mean so i, I don't know i mean I, I just go back to the same thing that you know every project has a narrative um that narrative usually belonged to one or two people they started it if you go right back to the beginning of how things you know how things begin then uh, and you work out you know the the what the people were like that had that kernel of an idea that then grew and grew you can probably find the way of doing something which still is relevant today to that organization and you can build on that and so automatically you get something which is a bit more a little bit more ownable by for them yeah than if you don't do that research yeah, yeah. that's why it's so important isn't it it is the initial yeah. kind of research etc um are they are they projects still that you get that you go oh my god this is so exciting i never like what was it like with a with a gwr you know great western railway yeah that was that was that was good because that was great i mean you know we did actually funnily enough we didn't have to do the strategic work on that which is really rare nowadays normally or normally i insist on it actually so th that i won't do the project unless i can I get the chance to you know challenge everything up front so that you can think about it in the right way but that one uh came in it was done as a competition initially so in a sense you know because it was a train company of you know of the status that great western railway had uh, I decided I would I'd go for it just because uh, you know most 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 pitches you, you know you 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 know you might win one in whatever one in a hundred whatever mm. yeah, um, but I went for it. I, I went for it they they they'd done their research they'd looked at a lot of people um, and so this the, the this wasn't an open pitch they'd invited let's say I don't know five six people to do it. And they looked at the fact that in my portfolio, I'd done work where I'd taken a, a, a historical brand and brought it up to date. Hmm. So they, they sort of, that's what they said. Yeah. And, um, and they knew what their approach was, uh, or my approach to these things was. And so, that, so they, you know, in a sense, I suppose um, that was a good starting point. And, uh, and then you, once you have good chemistry with the, people you're dealing with then you can have fun yeah, yeah so that was what it was about and we you know we we even got down to you know persuading them that they had to paint the trains not just put because most trains have got vinyl liveries on them nowadays mm. they some big sheets of vinyl oh, that God. they wrap them in to put graphics on yeah. but we we said you know given the proposition that they wanted for the brand uh, they had to paint the train it had to be done with coachwork painting. Mm. And there were only a few places that could still do that in Britain. Maybe, yeah. two, maybe two sites, one in Glasgow, one, uh, one in the West Country. So, and they did it, you know. So it was, these sort of things were, you know, were, were sort of made, that made, gave it an extra dimension. So 
So is it the heritage brands you enjoy working on? Because obviously you've done Reaper Press Coots, Savoy Group, Dorchester. King's College. Class of King's College, yeah. Crafts Council, yeah. one and only. Well, one and only was, one was and that new? One and only was new, yeah. But it looks heritage. Look, it, it looks, looks like, like it's been heritage. around a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, beautifully elegant. Yeah, is that uh, your sweet spot? It could be. It could be one of them. Yeah, it could be. Yes, it pops possibly. Yeah. Um, I mean, basically, because you're researching a narrative, so maybe. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Do you find it true. harder with a startup? Creating a narrative. Yes, less interesting. Yeah. What do you do outside of design? And have you put that number up I gave you from Mud? I have put the number have up. Have you? I have put the number well up. Well done, man. I want to see a picture I, of that. I'll see yeah, proof yeah. later. And Nothing it gets, photoshopped. It gets, it gets a lot of comments. Does it? It does. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, nice so. bright. Is it yellow? No, it's white. White, white. again. It's a pale gray wall with a white, milk-white number. Right? Lovely. So it looks very pretty. Can you send me a picture of that? I will. Um, so, uh, no, it gets a lot of comments. It's good. Um, yeah. So, uh, what, what do I do? How do you keep I, well? I, I, I've got a little girl who, you know, is four and a half years old and uh that's a lot of fun so yeah she's she's amazing and i've also got a big big girl a daughter that you know we're all very close and it's uh it's a very nice kind of um so family is in the end you know what one yeah does in your spare time and, and is it everything is it really close to um you live close to pentagram like close to distance? pentagram yeah exactly it's 15 minutes walk nice. i used to play tennis but then i then we had Alma, so I play less tennis, but yeah. Do you feel like you've designed your life? Designed, yeah. Well, in a sense, you know, uh, I, I think Leah, my wife, would say I've designed my life. I don't know. I'd leave that to her to say. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty uh, particular, I suppose, about certain things. So, yeah. Um, which just goes with, you know, yeah, you know what you like and you, you know how to get it done. So, yeah. Yeah. John, it's been so cool to catch up with you again, and uh, thanks for being on the podcast. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's been, been eye-opening. Thanks for listening in to today's episode of Design Your Life with my mentor, old boss, and Pentagram London partner, John Rushworth. Tune to the next episode where I catch up with my good mate and brilliant artist, Paul Davis. Thanks for listening to this episode of Design Your Life. If you'd like to find out more about how you can design your life, head to the website at designyourlife.com.au. If you found this episode inspiring, please don't forget to review and subscribe. If you have any ideas or like to get in touch, we would love to hear from you. Send us an email at hello at frostcollective.com.au.